from New York, this is Democracy Now! Earlier today, the grand jury returned indictments against five former Memphis Police Department officers regarding the death of Tyree Nichols. Five former Memphis police officers have been arrested and charged with murder and kidnapping for fatally beating 29-year-old Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop. Memphis is now bracing for mass protests as the city prepares to publicly release body cam footage of the police attack. What I saw on the video today was horrific. Um, no father, mother should have to witness what I saw today. We'll speak with a member of Black Lives Matter Memphis, as well as attorney Ben Crump, representing the Nichols family. We'll also speak to Crump about the police killing of Keenan Anderson in Los Angeles after a traffic stop, and Crump's possible lawsuit against the state of Florida for banning an AP African-American studies course. Will we let Governor DeSantis or anybody exterminate black history in the classrooms across America? Plus, we speak to the longtime labor organizer Sakatsoni, author of the new book, The Great Escape, a true story of forced labor and immigrant dreams in America. All that and more coming up. Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. In Tennessee, five former Memphis police officers have been indicted on murder and kidnapping charges over the killing of Tyree Nichols. The 29-year-old African-American man died of kidney failure and cardiac arrest on January 10th, three days after his violent arrest following a traffic stop. Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy spoke at a news conference Thursday. Here are the charges. Second-degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping resulting in bodily injury, aggravated kidnapping involving the possession of a weapon, official misconduct through unauthorized exercise of power, official misconduct through failure to act when there is a duty imposed by law, and official oppression. While each of the five individuals played a different role in the incident in question, the actions of all of them resulted in the death of Tyree Nichols, and they are all responsible. The five fired police officers were booked into the Shelby County Jail Thursday. Their lawyers say at least three of them plan to post bail. All five are African-American, as was Tyree Nichols. The ex-officer's arrest came as Memphis City officials said they'll release nearly an hour of body camera video this evening, showing how police pepper-sprayed, tased, restrained, kicked and beat Tyree Nichols for three minutes. David Rauch, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, said he was sickened by what he saw in the video. In a word, it's absolutely appalling. Let me be clear. What happened here does not at all reflect proper policing. This was wrong. This was criminal. 
Ahead of the video's release today at 6 Memphis time, the Memphis Police Department has activated its entire force in anticipation of weekend protests. President Biden released a statement reading, I join Tyree's family in calling for peaceful protest. Outrage is understandable. Violence is never acceptable. After headlines, we'll speak with Ben Crump, attorney for Tyree Nichols' family, as well as a member of Black Lives Matter Memphis. In Georgia, Republican Governor Brian Kemp Thursday declared a state of emergency in response to mass protests that erupted after the police killing of environmental defender Manuel Tehran in Atlanta last week. The declaration gives Kemp the power to deploy up to 1,000 National Guard troops over the next 15 days to quell the mobilizations. Tehran, who went by the name Tortuguita, was shot dead by a SWAT team January 18th as officers violently raided an encampment of protesters opposed to Cop City, a proposed $90 million police training facility in a public forest in Atlanta. The Atlanta Community Press Collective tweeted, quote, the true emergency, however, is that law enforcement agencies across the country are killing people every day. Kemp's declaration of a state of emergency isn't about property damage at Saturday's protests at all. It's about police murdering Tyree Nichols and Tortuguita within two weeks of each other. They're trying to instill fear in anyone who stands up against police brutality, unquote. In Haiti. Police officers blocked streets in the capital Port-au-Prince Thursday, burning tires and damaging vehicles before descending on the main airport to protest the recent killing of 14 officers by armed gangs. Over 100 officers in plain clothes took part in the protest. Local media report a small group was able to break through the gates of Prime Minister Ariel Henry's home, but then rerouted to the airport where Henry was returning from the community of Latin American and Caribbean states, or CELA. Summit in Argentina. This is a protester. We are going to attack all the ministers, all the directors general. The children have to go to school for this revolution to take place. There has to be a bloodbath. All these policemen have been killed, and the prime minister has not reacted to pay tribute to them. According to local groups, armed gangs now control some 60 percent of Port-au-Prince. An estimated 78 police officers have been killed since Prime Minister Henri, who is backed by the United States, came to power in 2021 following the assassination of Haiti's former president. Henri had close links to a prime suspect in the assassination. Israeli air attacks hit the occupied Gaza Strip overnight as tensions mount one day after Israeli forces killed nine Palestinians in a raid in the Jenin refugee camp in the occupied West Bank. Israel's airstrikes came down on the besieged strip after a handful of rockets were fired from Gaza, some of which were intercepted by Israel's U.S.-funded Iron Dome defense system. The Palestinian Authority said it's ending security coordination with Israel following the attack attack, while the U.N. Security Council is holding an emergency meeting today amidst fears of another war. Thousands of people flooded the streets of Jenin Thursday to mourn the nine people killed. In Gaza, Palestinians protested the deadly attack. I want to send a message to the Jewish occupiers. Gaza stands with Jenin and Jerusalem, overcoming the humiliation and siege. Salute from Gaza to Jenin. 
Israel has killed at least 29 Palestinians, including five children, since the start of the year. The violence comes as U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is headed to Egypt, Israel, and the occupied West Bank for a three-day visit this weekend. Here in the United States, dozens of Democratic Congress members are urging President Biden to reverse the expansion of Title 42, a Trump-era pandemic policy that's been used to block over 2 million migrants from seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico border. In a letter to Biden, the 77 House Democrats also denounced the administration's proposal to enact a new rule that would allow immigration officials to deny asylum claims of people who don't first seek refuge in a country they pass through on their way to the U.S. southern border. Earlier this month, the Biden administration expanded Title 42 to begin expelling Haitian, Nicaraguan and Cuban asylum seekers. Congressmember Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called out Biden at a news conference Thursday. We have sought and aspired to be an example to uphold international law. Instead, this administration is making it effectively impossible to seek refuge at our border. The courts rightly rejected the Trump administration's attempt to categorically end asylum. President Biden should listen to the courts and human rights activists and reverse course. A damning new report by The New York Times reveals how Donald Trump and the Justice Department's efforts to prove the former president was the victim of a witch hunt in the FBI's Russia probe instead led the Justice Department to open a criminal probe into Trump's possible financial crimes. Details of that probe remain unknown, and special counsel John Durham, who was appointed by Attorney General Bill Barr to look into the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation, did not uncover any major conspiracies against Trump. But Barr repeatedly pressured Durham to uncover flaws in the Russia investigation, and Durham relied on questionable information in pursuit of an outcome favorable to Trump and his narrative of a hoax. This included suspicious Russian intelligence intelligence claims, which were used to gain access to the emails of an executive of George Soros's Open Society Foundation. Durham obtained the emails even after a federal judge denied his request to subpoena them. John Durham is currently working on the final report of the Trump-Russia investigation. Chevron has announced plans to repurchase $75 billion in its own stock, angering consumer advocates who accuse the oil giant of price gouging, even as it helps to accelerate the climate crisis. The stock buyback came as Chevron reported record profits in 2022 after Russia's invasion of Ukraine helped drive up the cost of fuel. This week, Senate Democrats reintroduced the Fair and Transparent Gas Prices Act, which would crack down on unfair practices by fossil fuel companies. In the Netherlands, police arrested six climate activists in their homes Thursday, charging them with incitement over their roles in planning nonviolent civil disobedience actions. Their arrest came ahead of Saturday's planned peaceful blockade of a highway next to the Dutch parliament in The Hague. The group Extinction Rebellions demanding an immediate end to $19 billion in annual fossil fuel subsidies. In more climate news, over 450 environmental and human rights groups have condemned the appointment of an oil company executive to lead COP28 UN Climate Summit in the United Arab Emirates later this year. Sultan Ahmed Al-Jaber heads the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. Members of the Kick Big Polluters Out Network wrote in an open letter to top UN officials, quote, 
There is no honor in appointing a fossil fuel executive who profits immensely off of fueling the climate crisis to oversee the global response to climate change. That such a move could ever be seen to be legitimate amidst an intensifying climate crisis where millions of lives and ecosystems are on the line exemplifies just how insidious big polluter stranglehold over climate policy is, they wrote. The International Criminal Court says it will resume its investigation into the possible crimes against humanity committed as part of former Philippines President Rodrigo Duterte's brutal war on drugs. The probe was suspended in November 2021 after Filipino officials said they were conducting their own review of the crimes. The ICC accused Philippine authorities of failing to take meaningful steps to investigate or prosecute the killings. A United Nations report found it at least 8,600 people were killed in the so-called drug war unleashed by Duterte, with some estimates suggesting the true toll could be three times higher. Police often falsified evidence to justify the unlawful killings. And in California, the 66-year-old farm worker charged with killing seven co-workers Monday at two mushroom farms told a Bay Area TV station he wasn't in his right mind on the day of the shootings. In a jailhouse interview with KNTV, Chen Li Chao said he was bullied and forced to work long hours on the farms and that his complaints went ignored. The farm where Chao killed four of his victims had a separate shooting last summer. In that altercation, one manager was charged with attempting to murder another manager after he fired a bullet into the man's trailer. The bullet went on to strike the mobile home of one of the workers who was killed in Monday's mass shooting. In Washington, D.C., President Biden repeated his call for Congress to reinstate a federal ban on assault weapons and warned against rising anti-Asian hate. Biden's remarks came at a White House reception for the Lunar New Year just days after 11 people were killed at a Lunar New Year celebration in the majority Asian Los Angeles suburb of Monterey Park. Silence is complicity. Silence is complicity. We cannot be silent. I will not be silent. And one more thing, we're going to ban assault weapons again and abide According to the Gun Violence Archive, there have been 40 mass shootings across the United States so far in 2023. And those are some of the headlines. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. Coming up, we go to Memphis, where five former police officers have been arrested and charged with murder and kidnapping for fatally beating 29-year-old Tyree Nichols after a traffic stop. Stay with us. At the same time, all the corruption and justice, the same crimes. Always a problem if we do or don't fight and we die, we don't have the same right. What is a gun to a man that surrenders? What's it gonna take for someone to defend us? If we all agree that we're equal as people, then why can't we see what is evil?
Breathe by her. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. We begin today's show in Memphis, Tennessee. On Thursday, five fired police officers were arrested and charged with murder and kidnapping in the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, 29-year-old African-American man. Nichols died on January 10th of kidney failure and cardiac arrest, three days after his violent arrest following a traffic stop. His family shared a shocking photo of Tyree from his hospital bed shortly before he died. He was violently bruised and on a breathing tube. Earlier today, Memphis Police Chief C.J. Davis told CNN she has seen no evidence police even had a legitimate reason to stop Nichols' vehicle. On Thursday night, a candlelight vigil was held in Memphis. Tyree Nichols was a father of a young son an amateur photographer, and a longtime skateboarder. He'd worked at FedEx for the past nine months. On Thursday, Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy outlined the charges against the five police officers. Second-degree murder, aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping resulting in bodily injury, aggravated kidnapping involving the possession of a weapon, Official misconduct through unauthorized exercise of power. Official misconduct through failure to act when there is a duty imposed by law. And official oppression. While each of the five individuals played a different role in the incident in question, the actions of all of them resulted in the death of Tyree Nichols, and they are all responsible. All five officers charged are African-American. They were part of what's known as the Scorpion Unit, which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. The five officers were all fired earlier this month after Tyree Nichols' death. The five officers were booked into the Shelby County Jail Thursday. Bail was set between 250000 and 350000 for all five. Two Memphis firefighters have also been relieved of duty while an internal investigation takes place. Memphis and other cities are now bracing for mass protests over the police killing of Tyree Nichols. Memphis is expected to release police body cam video at 6 p.m. Memphis time that shows the five officers pepper spraying, tasing, kicking and beating Nichols for three minutes. David Rausch, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, said the video is, quote, absolutely appalling. I'm sickened by what I saw and what we've learned through our extensive and thorough investigation. I've seen the video, and as the Morally stated, you will too. In a word, it's absolutely appalling. Let me be clear. What happened here does not at all reflect proper policing. This was wrong. This was criminal. Earlier in the week, Antonio Romanucci, an attorney for Tyree Nichols' family, described what he saw in the video. As he spoke, Tyree's mother behind him began sobbing. He was defenseless the entire time. 
He was a human pinata for those police officers. It was an unadulterated, unabashed, nonstop beating of this young boy for three minutes. Oh my God. That is what we saw in that video. Oh, my God, his mother cried out as the lawyer spoke. Ben Crump, another attorney for Tyree Nichols' family, said Tyree was calling out for his mother while the police beat him. The last words on the video, he's only about 80 to 100 yards from his house. And he calls for his mom three times. Mom, <laughs> he's called for his mom. And so, where's the humanity? Where's the humanity? Crump had his arm around Tyree Nichols' mother, Rovon Wells, who also spoke at the news conference. My son, I know everybody say they, mother say they had a good son, everybody's son is good. But my son, he actually was a good boy. He was, I don't know anything right now. All I know is my son Tyree is not here with me anymore. He will never walk through that door again. He will never come in and say, hello parents, because that's what he would do. He would come in and say, hello, parents. We go now to Memphis, where we're joined by Amber Sherman. She's a community organizer and a member of the official Black Lives Matter Memphis chapter. Amber is also the host and creator of the podcast, The Law According to Amber. Amber, thanks so much for joining us in these deeply horrifying times, especially in Memphis right now. You were there last night at the protest. Can you first respond to how you found out about what's happened and what your reaction is, what you're calling for? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I found out about what happened to Tyree from other organizers, um, because Honestly, um, violence by police happens so much in Memphis that I feel it doesn't even reach mainstream media. Oftentimes, um, Tyree's um, untimely death was the fourth time someone had been murdered by police in the last two months since December. Um, so we're definitely not a, a, pl a place that's you know used to experiencing that kind of violence. Um, and I was horrified to hear that five people were involved um, in literally beating someone to death is extremely disgusting, but it's also not a surprise considering the way the police here treat people in Memphis. Um, we are extremely over-policed. Every experience that my friends have had and folks that I know has been violent. They, they immediately approach situations with violence. They don't give us the respect that they want us to give them. Um, it's always, you're a criminal, and how can we put you down, or how can we put you in your place? So I'm wondering if you can tell us then about the response of uh, Memphis officialdom. Uh, for example, the police chief, who is an African-American woman, been there, what, for about a year and a half, C.J. Davis, said what she saw was heinous, reckless, inhumane, 
and horrific. And interestingly, in an interview she did today, she said, uh, though she couldn't see it on body cam footage, the reason for the traffic stop, they, they claimed uh, he was driving recklessly. She said when she looked at all the video around, as they can look in at a community, she couldn't even see that. What do you think of, to say the least, not only the police chief, but um, all of these officials from Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, et cetera, saying this was criminal, heinous, uh, you know, inhumane? Does, is that consistent with your experience of how they deal with um, issues of police brutality in the community? Yes. Um, I mean, like folks have been saying over the past few years, um, this experience um, among black people isn't abnormal. It's literally just being caught on camera. We have experienced this same kind of violence over and over and over again in our communities. And their cute little statements don't mean anything to me because the Scorpion unit still exists. The different task force unit still exists. Unless she's willing to take some action, honestly, she can keep the cute statements. It does nothing for us. So you talked about the Scorpion unit. Um, again, if you can explain what that is, just set up uh, in the last two years, um, and also talk about your confrontation with the Memphis mayor, Strickland, a few days ago. Yeah, the Scorpion unit is another task force unit that we have here. Um, so Memphis has several task force units from the multi-level gang unit, the organized crime unit, and now this Scorpion unit, which is another type of organized crime task force. And the goal of it was that they would flood high crime areas with all of these officers. The Scorpion unit um, has teams of eight people. So they will flood this, the, uh, those areas with high crime with all these officers, and that's supposed to deter the crime. But that is definitely not what's happening, and that's what hasn't been happening this entire time. They're scaring citizens, they're assaulting people, and they're murdering them. And I approached the mayor because he essentially has the power to make those decisions within uh, around policy for the police department or to push Shea Davis to make those changes. And I think it's deplorable for them to host an award ceremony in honor of MLK on MLK Day when MLK would have been in the streets with us. MLK would have been calling for justice for Tyree, too. We wouldn't have been hosting cute events with shrimp and lobster and uh, waffles and giving out little awards like that's not what he stood for. And this is a, a common pattern with this mayor. He ignores things um, that shouldn't be ignored. And until people run up on him with a camera to his face and call him out and interrogate him on how he should be responding to incidents, he doesn't do anything. And even now he hasn't done anything. He's put out cute statements, but he hasn't done anything either, just like the police chief. So can you talk about these five police officers? Um, a 2016 lawsuit says one of them accused in Tyree's beating allegedly assaulted a prisoner. What do you know of their records? Um, so we don't have specifics around their records because as a part of the demands that the family has and that we have as, as a community, we've been asking for those files to be released and we'll continue to be asking for those files to be released. But what I can say is that that behavior um, of officers isn't abnormal. And I think it's disgusting that we as, a, as citizens of a majority black city um, have these police officers 
um, intruding on us on our regular everyday lives. And we can't get the basic things we've been asking for, but we can get more and more police officers. And that's what the mayor has pushed for. The mayor has pushed for limiting residency requirements so the people who live further away can become police officers. They've offered bonuses. They've used a lot of the COVID funding for policing, but they haven't actually addressed any of the real reasons why we have um, crime, higher crime rates in certain areas. The information we have on the 2016 lawsuit said that one of the officers accused in Tyree's murder um, uh, allegedly assaulted a prisoner. Officer Demetrius Haley was one of three correction officers at the time, reportedly involved in the assault of the prisoner Cordarius Sledge in Shelby County, an assault that left him unconscious. Sledge later filed a lawsuit, but a judge dismissed it in 2018, saying Sledge did not properly serve one of the defendants with a summons, Amber. Yeah, I did hear about that lawsuit, and I honestly would not be surprised considering the way that our pretrial detention center um, and, and the prison here um, operate. Our sheriff does not do a good job. We have critiqued him on that several times, um, and he has continued to ignore it. We've raised concerns about how people were being treated in the jail, in the prison, and He's continued to ignore those concerns as well. So I definitely would not be surprised if someone was experiencing that kind of violence and assault. Amber, you're wearing a shirt that says humanize being black. I, I can't see the second line of your shirt. Um, if you can talk about what the plans are now for protest, as you were at the protest last night, the vigil, I should say, um, Tyree's mother calling for peace tonight, your response to all of this? Yeah, the shirt says humanize being black over and over and over again. Um, but what I will say is, I think it's interesting when folks call for peace um, from us as citizens who live here when the only ones being violent are the police. We've never had protests that weren't peaceful in the years that I've um, been organizing and the years that I've participated in protests. They've always been peaceful. The police escalate things. The police are the reason why we're in the streets in the first place, because they are so violent. And so I always implore people, especially businesses who um, push the fear mongering by closing their businesses early and um, police who heavily flood areas on horses and putting up gates and things like that to actually hone in on, on who's the real violent person here. Five officers beat someone to death, not citizens. And so asking us to remain peaceful when the city and, and the city's public service and employees aren't peaceful to us is one, unrealistic, but two, just not true because we haven't ever had a process that wasn't peaceful. KRCA in Sacramento spoke to Tyree Nichols' sister, Kiana Dixon, and his brother, Jamal Dupre, after they learned from family members what the police body camera video showed. For this to happen to him in this way, the pain is just, it's, it's, I have no words. Listening to how my stepfather played it out, it was horrific. Calling for my mom. Out of all five officers, nobody decided to say, hey, this is not cool. Like, let's, let's bag up here. That's KCRA in Sacramento, the interview with Tyree's brother and sister. Um, talk about what's going to happen tonight. The police body cam will be released at 6 Memphis time. That's 7 uh, Eastern time. Uh, what do you understand you will see? What did it take to get this video released, Amber? 
it definitely took a lot of um, on the ground organizing, pressuring um, the folks in charge. I definitely believe that if we hadn't um, had the protest on Saturday um, about over a week ago, we hadn't shown up at City Hall on MLK Day. If we haven't continued to show up at the DA's office and host a sit-in, if we haven't continued to to pull up on people who uh, are not responding to us, then we definitely wouldn't be getting that video footage. But I do want to be clear, I don't need a video to know that Tyree was viciously murdered. And I don't ever um, encourage black people to experience that kind of trauma over and over again by watching those types of videos. Um, I've told people over and over again, anything that happens tonight will be in support of the family demands, which are still haven't been answered. Um, they've charged five officers, but there were more people involved. They've quietly fired people that they won't name. So we definitely want to continue to uplift those demands, but we don't need to see a video to do that. I've seen a picture of what Tyree looked like before he was attacked and Tyree in the hospital. That's enough. I want to go back to Shelby County District Attorney Steve Mulroy describing the traffic stop that led to Tyree's death. There was an initial traffic stop. We won't comment right now on the presence or absence of the legality of the stop, but there was a traffic stop. And there was an initial altercation uh, involving several officers and Mr. Nichols. Um, pepper spray was deployed. Uh, the uh, suspect, not the suspect, Mr. Nichols, uh, fled on foot. <clears throat> there was another altercation uh, at a nearby location at which the, the, the serious injuries uh, were experienced by Mr. Nichols. After some period of time of um, waiting around afterwards, he was taken away by an ambulance. Beyond that, I don't really think I we should go into any further details. So, so there was a delay in a call. The police delayed calling the ambulance for. There was a there was an elapsed period of time, but I believe that if you watch the video, you'll be able to make that judgment for yourself. We want to thank you, Amber Sherman, community organizer, member of the official Black Lives Matter Memphis chapter. Amber's host and creator of the podcast, The Law According to Amber. And Amber, I hope we get to talk to you again next week. We'll keep people updated at democracynow.org on what happens this weekend. Thank you so much. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org. When we come back, we'll be joined by Ben Crump, one of the lawyers for the family of Tyree Nichols. He's in Memphis. Stay with us. Starting a war, screaming peace at the same time. All the corruption and justice, the same crimes. Always a problem if we do or don't fight and we die, we don't have the same. 
I Can't Breathe by her. This is Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman as we continue today's show in Memphis, Tennessee. Again on Thursday, five fired police officers have been arrested and charged with murder and kidnapping in the fatal beating of Tyree Nichols, a 29-year-old African-American man who weighed barely 150 pounds. He died on January 10th of kidney failure and cardiac arrest, three days after his violent arrest following a traffic stop just blocks from his home. His family shared a shocking photo of Tyree from his hospital bed shortly before he died. He was violently bruised and on a breathing tube. The family wanted everyone to see that photograph. Earlier today, the Memphis police chief, C.J. Davis, told CNN that she actually did not see evidence police even had a legitimate reason to stop Nichols' car. He was a father of a young son, an amateur photographer, longtime skateboarder, worked at FedEx for the past nine months. We're joined right now by Tyree's mom by Tyree's mother, Rovon Wells, and his stepfather, Rodney Wells, as well as the family's attorney, Ben Crump. Our deepest, deepest condolences to you. Um, Rovon, uh, we have seen you trying to be a part of these news conferences as you break down. Have you seen—and I can't even imagine what this is like—to watch those, the video of your son— his last words crying out for you. Well, actually, I haven't seen the video. Um, I saw what the police officers did to my son when I seen him in the hospital. I don't need to see how, I don't need to see them do it. I saw the end results. Mr. Wells saw the video. Miss Wells could not after the first moments, she left the room. She couldn't take it because that was her baby. If Rodney Wills, you could tell us what you saw. This is what the world will see today at six your time, Memphis time. Um, this video, I'm so sorry you had to witness this. Of course, not as sorry is for what actually it shows the death of your son. Um, what I saw was the police brutalizing my son. Um, they didn't have to do that. Uh, he didn't deserve that. Uh, he was a very, very good kid, and I didn't uh, understand why they had to beat him the way that they did. Um, it was just very, very horrific. I'm glad my wife didn't see it because she didn't deserve to see that either. Um, it was just troubling. Tyree was just a few blocks from his home? No, he was a few houses from the home. He was about 80 feet from his house. And uh, it makes sense why his last words on this earth is he's yelling out for his mother, gut-wrenching cries for his mother. When did you learn what happened, Rovon Wells? Um, did, did, w because he was so close to his home. 
police officers came to the door and asked if I knew my son. I said, yes. They said, well, do you know Tyree Nichols? And I said, yes. They proceeded to tell me that he had been arrested for a DUI. That was quite confusing because my son don't drink like that. Um, they then proceeded to tell me that he was being attended to by the paramedics because they had to taste and pepper spray him. I asked where my son was. They told me he was nearby. So at the time, I didn't know where this had all transpired until further reports came out. Once we left the house, my husband and I went to go see if we can find our son and we found his car a couple blocks away with the undercover police officers there. Um, we got a call from the physician telling me to come to the hospital. About four in the morning. Yes, around four in the morning. I got a call from the physician telling me to get to the hospital quickly. My son had went into cardiac arrest and his kidneys were failing. I didn't understand that because they only told me he was pepper sprayed and tased. But when I, when we got to the hospital, the picture that everybody sees, that's what we saw. Tell us about Tyree Rovon Wells and Rodney Wells. Please join in. Um, you, the two of you, um, telling us first. I mean, just a physical description. Um, how much did he weigh? Tyree was six three. He weighed about a buck fifty. Tyree has Crohn's disease, so he manages it with his diet. So he doesn't eat as much as normal people. So he's a, he was fairly light. That's why this is so troubling to me because you had five officers combined weight of over a thousand pounds beating up on a young man that's only a buck fifty. Where? How did they fear for their lives in order for this to happen? I'm not, I'm still trying to understand that. Yeah. And, and let me make it clear, Amy. Uh, what we have seen that transpire with these charges being levied so quickly should now be the blueprint of what happens when you see police officers commit crimes on video against citizens. And we saw the Memphis Police Department, the district attorney, terminate these five black officers and charge them with less than 20 days. And so when we think about all these other cases where this Terrence Crutcher, uh, Philando Castile, I mean, so many of them, both them, Gene, they can't have this excuse now 
and say, we need six months, we need a year, when you have evidence on video of the crime. Because it should be equal justice that we have swift justice, not just when it's five black officers, when it's any police officer that engage in excessive use of force against citizens, unarmed citizens. Now, the police officers uh, can get out on bail, right, on bond. They, between, I think three have been charged, um, will f have to raise $250,000, two of them $350,000. At least three are expected to get out. Um, Rovan and Rodney Wells, your response to them being free? Entitled to bail. They're innocent until proven guilty. Hmm. So what do you understand, Ben Crump? Um, you've described uh, he was beaten. What else is seen? Did you yourself see the video? I did, yes. So uh, what happens at the end? Tragically, the video is going to remind many people of Rodney King. Uh, but unlike Rodney King, Rovan and Rodney's son... Tyree does not survive. I mean, at the end of that video, after he called out for his mother, his last words on this earth, you see him sitting, they set him up handcuffed against a police car. And then you see his body fall to the right side. After a minute or so, they, they sit him back upright, and then you see his body fall to the left side. And then they pick him back up upright, and he falls on the ground, and he's moaning. It's obvious he's in distress. And what you want is them to display an ounce of humanity and, and try to render some aid to this human being that is in distress. But you don't see that. And on top of all of the escalation that we saw earlier in the video where they are using such profane language against him and they're punching him and kicking him, you are saying, when is somebody going to display humanity? And that's what's troubling because you don't see it on that video, even as he's going in and out of consciousness, handcuffed on the ground against a police car. The no. fire... Now, five, uh, two fire department employees have also been relieved of duty. The five cops have been fired and uh, jailed now. But do you know what role they played? Well, based on what Mr. Wells and I and uh, all the other people who watched the video, we saw that these fire department uh, officials came on the scene and for several minutes, they're just standing around, too, talking while Tyree is in obvious distress. When you watch this video, you're going to be able to see that he needs medical attention and nobody is trying to render aid. And I believe that is why these fire department officials are also being investigated uh, in this matter. They... They did not do what they were supposed to do in the sense that they were supposed to be first responders that responds first to a person's health and welfare. 
Rovan and Rodney Wills, um, you were with your son in the hospital as he hovered between life and death for three days, died on January 10th. This is two weeks later. Um, Rovan Wells, you have said the police tried to cover this up. Can you explain um, how you feel they did this? I'm just going to say this. From the initial time that they came to my door and the things that they were saying, and then the information that I am receiving, I feel like they tried to start covering it up when they came to my door. And that's just from the information that I am receiving right now and the initial contact with the police when they came to my door. Yes. And Tyree has a four-year-old son. Tell us more about who he was, um, about his skateboarding prowess, um, working at FedEx, coming home for lunch uh, each day to you. Just talk about how you want us to remember him. I want you to remember Tyree. Tyree was—he was different. Tyree didn't follow everyone. He was his own leader. Um, he had a beautiful soul, and he touched everyone. The boy smiled all the time. He loved his mother's cooking. He loved his son. That's why he came to Memphis in the first place, to be with his mom, build a better life for him and his son. But Memphis took my son away from me. Oh, I have nothing. Tyree had a tattoo of you on his arm? He had my name. On a tattoo of my name on his arm. Now, when this video is released, um, it will be shown. And I'm asking you for direction now, the two of you, Rodney and Rovon Wells. Do you want us to show it, the video of your son's, uh, of the beating of your son? Uh, yes, we do want you to show the video. But at that same respect, we want protesters to do it peacefully. We don't need riots or looting. That's not going to bring our son back. That's not what he stood for. He's a peaceful person, and we're a peaceful family. Uh, so if you want to riot, just protest. I mean, if you want to protest, just protest peacefully. Uh, we do not need no uproars. We don't need no looting and, and burning. And, you know, don't destroy your own city. That's not what our, we're about or our son was about. Will you be part of the vigils and the protests, Rovan and Rodney Wells? Yes. They're standing with the community uh, because the community stands with them. Yes. And what is your message to the local officials? I mean, many of them, including the police chief, C.J. Davis, an African-American woman, has said that what took place was heinous. Um, uh, she also set up the Scorpion unit, of which these five police officers were a part, she said, to deal with violence in uh, people's—the community. Um, your message to them right now, and to President Biden as well, who also spoke about the killing of Tyree Nichols. Well, we say thank you to the police chief, uh, Davis. Uh, she, when she first encountered the family, she told 
Miss Wells and Mr. Wells, she was not engaging them just as a chief, but she was engaging them as a mother, a mother of black children, and that her heart breaks uh, for them. And she wasn't proud of anything she saw in that video by these officers. So we're thankful to them. Uh, we thank President Biden for uh, his comments that this family deserves justice, uh, just as all Americans do. And we are very grateful to everybody who has demonstrated uh, the respect and dignity for Tyree Nichols' life that those police officers did not do on January 7th. And so we thank you, Amy, for covering this important matter. And we're going to let the family uh, continue to prepare for the day. Thank and Rovan and Rodney Wells, again, our deepest condolences. And Ben, if you have one minute, I wanted to ask you about another case. It's hard to believe at this moment that you're dealing with. And that is uh, Patrice Culler's cousin, Keenan Anderson, who also stopped at a traffic stop in Los Angeles. Yeah, it, it seems to be, no matter what, when it's a person of color that they do the most. I mean, he's handcuffed and they still tase him six or seven times within 42 seconds, we believe, uh, causing his heart to be electrocuted. And he was a 31-year-old teacher. I mean, it's just so heartbreaking, all these tragedies. And you have some minority officers involved in that tragedy in Los Angeles, which underscores, Amy, what I've said uh, recently dealing with these officers who killed Tyree Nichols, who were all African-American. What I have learned in my almost 25 years of doing civil rights law all across America, that it is not the race of the police officers that are the determining factor whether they're going to engage in excessive use of force but it is the race of the citizen. And oftentimes it is black citizens and brown citizens who get the brunt of police brutality. Uh, we don't see videos of our white brothers and sisters who are unarmed being levied with this type of excessive force that you're gonna see from Robin and Rodney's son. You don't have this type of brutality uh, against white citizens, what you see on Keenan Anderson, uh, Keenan Anderson in Los Angeles for a traffic interaction where they end up dead. You just don't see that in America. And so this is a blueprint, Amy Goodman, that now what we saw them do in Memphis with the termination of these five black officers and charging them in less than 20 days based on the crimes they witnessed on that video, it should happen everywhere for all these cases that we've talked so much about, whether it's Botham Gene in Dallas, Texas, whether it's Terrence Crutcher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, whether it's Philando Castile in Minneapolis, Minnesota, whether it's Pamela Turner in Houston, Texas, all of them deserve swift justice. And it should not matter if the officers are white or black. But we saw 
how swiftly justice can happen because how they charge these five black officers. I'm just wondering if uh, Rovan um, uh, 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 wants to see uh, Rovan Wells, uh, if you want to see Memphis officialdom marching with you, the police chief, the mayor, uh, the FBI, the Justice Department, if you want to see President Biden marching with you. standing up for justice. We want everybody standing up for justice, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Ben, uh, one last question, because you're maybe about to bring a lawsuit in Florida around uh, Black Studies AP course being banned by Governor DeSantis. One of the issues he raises is that issues like police brutality— uh, cast aspersions on police, uh, that he doesn't want to see Black Lives Matter subjects raised in high schools. You held a news conference in your hometown of Tallahassee. Can you talk about that and how that links into this larger story? Well, obviously, it, it has a profound effect on uh, police uh, interaction with citizens uh from the black community. And we have to talk about the history of America, all the history. We can't have them do a watered down version of history. Our children, black children, white children, Hispanic children, everybody needs to learn all history and learn that there's value in all our history and culture, and especially African-American history. And so that's why we gave notice of intent to sue Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida uh, if he tries to prohibit African-American advanced placement uh, courses being taught in the state of Florida, because our children have to understand from the beginning that black history is American history. The great Negro uh, educator Carter G. Woodson, known as the father of black history, said that if a race has no history, if a race has no traditions that are respected and taught to the youth, then that race becomes a negligible thought in the world that can be eliminated from the world. And we won't let Governor Ron DeSantis or anybody eliminate our black history and culture from being taught in the schools in Florida or in the schools anywhere in America, because our black history matters. Ben Crump, we want to thank you so much for being with us. And again, Rovon and Rodney Wells, our deepest, deepest condolences. That does it for our show. Please spread the word that democracynow.org is here on the ground. I'm Amy Goodman.